get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games it is game day and welcome inside game day winnipeg the blue bombers and alouettes have always played spirited spirited football against one another at ig field we've seen dramatic finishes and come from behind victories for both of these teams most recently montreal's visit to winnipeg last season where they handed the blue bombers their first loss of 2022 but as we look towards tonight it will be the return of qb1 not just zach Kolaris, he will play for the blue bombers but also cody fajardo returning from injury to play for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What's going on, everybody? Good morning, Big Blue, RIP coach Richard Harris. Good morning, Chris Walby. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, brother. It's always nice to do it. It's a fresh morning. It's a beautiful day. I uh, played bocce ball yesterday for a fundraiser for the Riverview Health Center. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was phenomenal. We didn't win any games. We should have won, but... Uh, just a great thing and a great cause, and we raised a lot of money. So uh, I really was happy to be part of that event. And today I'm doing a uh, right after this. The reason I'm doing it early today, as you well know, but for the people out there, is I'm doing a golf tournament for all inclusively autism society and everything in Selkirk today, just to raise a bunch of funds there too. So it's going to be good. It's a good cause. It's, I hope I don't sweat as much as I did yesterday because I think I sweated off 20 pounds. But man. Don't wear nylon shirts in the hot weather. I'll tell you that right now. It's like wearing yeah, a garbage man. bag. <laughs> well, you know what? You look you look great, Chris. So, you know, sweat off 20 That's pounds, fine. put on 20 pounds, whatever it might be. Enjoy your time outside this time yeah. of year. And there will be 30,000 plus, probably 32,000 wow. plus at IG Field tonight for this Bombers Alouettes game. People are going to be outside enjoying themselves. And of course, we know the Banjo Bowl is sold out. Uh, you know, the, the Blue Bombers organization was really pushing that, hey, this is your last opportunity to take in a game before the end of September at IG mm -hmm. Field uh, if you don't have a ticket to the Banjo Bowl or the game tonight. Uh, it's really been something watching these two teams, Chris, play against one another this uh you know through the years back to canada stadium and winnipeg stadium through to now the calvillo era into now the the Kolaris and mike o'shea era here in winnipeg something about this cross division matchup in winnipeg always brings some dramatic football well first off you mentioned that the guy that's gonna be playing and listen Kaleeb evans the backup quarterback from montreal had that big comeback in the fourth, listen, Montreal's the highest scoring team in the CFL in the fourth quarter, which killed, I didn't realize that. They're crazy. They scored 85 points. They came back and narrowly beat Ottawa. But uh, I just think the fact that Cody's back is going to be interesting. He hasn't played in three weeks. Um, he had a shoulder injury. It'll be interesting because they're going to have to protect. Both quarterbacks, to me, are in the same situation. You definitely don't want to see Zach get hit, and you definitely don't want to see Cody get hit. So, it's kind of the one of those things, which O-line and which game plan is going to protect those quarterbacks better. Very interesting to watch. 
Well, what did you see from the Blue Bombers O-line last week in Calgary? Because the run game kind of disappeared in the second half. A lot of criticism from fans and media alike about going away from the run in the third quarter. Mike O'Shea answered those questions with, well, you know, we tried. And that tells me that the Calgary defense really focused in on Brady Oliveira, who had over 70 yards in the first half. He finished with 80 So, you know, we, we got to give credit where credit is due. The Calgary defense. What did you see from Winnipeg's offense, in particular, right at the point of attack? Well, you know, we talked about this before, GB. One of the biggest things about any team is the ability to adjust, make changes on the go. And I think that Calgary did a phenomenal job of taking away the run, albeit they didn't run very much in the second half. I was surprised by that as well. Uh, and I'm, I'm very surprised to hear that, you know, we tried to run uh, because that doesn't sound like uh, something normally you'd hear because they'll pound, 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 and eventually you break it. You know, you break through and get some stuff. So to me, I'm a little I'm a little surprised by that answer. But uh, I just think that we got away with one there last week because I'm still thinking about that one receiver who was wide open on the 10-yard line, and he dropped the ball. He, he would have walked. He could have crawled in the end zone, not by touched. That was a big break. And obviously then you got, you know, Demario Houston who's having a crazy year. Uh, you know, with this uh, interception for a touchdown, it really changed the tide of that game. So it was great, man. I mean, but Montreal is a different bird. I think Jason Moss has got these guys playing pretty decent football. They're four wins in a row right now, albeit everybody's going, well, they haven't played Toronto. They haven't played Winnipeg since then. They haven't played BC, but they're winning games and that's what matters. I mean, come on, man. You know, I... I look at that game in Calgary last week, a one point win, and it's like you got to be good to be lucky and you got to be lucky to be good. Be and good Winnipeg yeah. found yeah. fortune so many moments in that game. I've described yeah. it as, you know, a, a squeaker of a win. Um, the Trey Roberson drop, that could have completely oh, yeah. changed the game and, and would have <laughs> yep. been, uh, you know, a Drew Brown interception that would have set Calgary up with, with some good field position and some momentum. But um, to me, Chris, a lot of people have reached out and said, you know, like, oh, Drew Brown came back down to earth. And this just shows, you know, that uh, you need bigger sample sizes and all that. And I agree. You yeah, do need so bigger hard. sample sizes, especially with young quarterbacks. But to yeah, me, here's my controversial take on Winnipeg's okay. win in Calgary last week. If Zach Kolaris played and full credit to Zach Kolaris and his, you know, we know how good he is. We know how great he is. But even if Zach Kolaris had played, I don't think that game would have been wildly different. Maybe they would have been able to, to uh, you know, convert on a deep touchdown strike or something along those lines. Maybe Winnipeg would have won by a touchdown. But I don't think it would have been a wildly different game. Calgary came to play. Their defense yeah. is really good. I was very impressed with the way they game-planned for Winnipeg. Yes. I don't, I didn't see it as just, you know, uh, they, they threw a young quarterback off his game and that's why Winnipeg struggled. I think it was way deeper than that. Yeah. I thought they did a great job of scheming against us. I mean, you taught, they took away Kenny Lawler, the deep threat. He only had two catches for 20 yards. Uh, Dalton Schoen still made a couple big catches. I think he had five, but listen, that's what they're doing. They got to take away a lot of things. And, and you think when you think about Winnipeg and you think about all the weapons, they have one, a great running back who's probably in the lead for a top Canadian in the CFL right now, Brady Oliveira. You've got receivers that can beat you, you know, deep sideways. I mean, 
Uh, you got the guitar man, Walterski. Um, they got a lot of guys who can do a lot of damage. So to your point, 100%. I thought Calgary defensively played well. It was a weird game. It was kind of like a, I mean, it was, aside from the Demuriel Houston interception, it was a game of field goals. Um, and listen, Sergio Castillo is just kicking the heck out of that pigskin. He is, uh, he is on, I mean, he's 23 or 24. I think the kid is just kicking the heck out of it. He's got confidence up the kazoo. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing. And, you know, you saw Rene Paradis. He had a chance to win it. Beauty <laughs> this morning. No, punny, punny. Because oh, you were punny. saying that they're a, the Alouettes are a different bird. Oh, punny. I didn't. I, I thought it said tiny or puny. <laughs> puny, yeah, because you lost twenty pounds on the bocce ball courts. <laughs> God, I'll tell you, I've never been called puny, so that's why I started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, well, where man. were we? That threw me off. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about uh, the Calgary game plan against uh, the Bomber offense. I thought they did a really good job. They, they I think did. Dave Dickinson has got a good squad over there, but they just can't seem to put it together. Whereas the Bombers, as you said earlier in this podcast, they get breaks. The Trey Robertson drop, the receiver drop, they could have went in the end zone. Uh, I thought that, you know, uh, Jake Mayer didn't play bad except for that throw that he threw. That was a horrible decision. He threw in triple coverage. There were three receivers or DBs around the receiver. Yeah. Uh, I think anybody could have taken it in, but Demario did a great job. I mean, leading the league with seven. He got that first interception for a touchdown. So, yeah. I, I, but look at Montreal. Montreal, number one pass defense. I had to look at that twice. They're the number one pass. They've only allowed six passing touchdowns. And then you go back further. And I know you send me all this information I start reading during the middle of the week. The fact that Zach Kolaris has only averaged, I think, what, uh, 200, 212 yards passing average over the last three games against Montreal. So, I mean, Montreal is playing pretty tough. Their defense is playing well, which surprises me, because they have so many changes in there. New corners, uh, the new linebacker. Uh, I mean, they, yeah, they've played together for a while. But my new thing is going to be to sure. watch is I want to see how Landon Rice, the Manitoba Bison boy, uh, and Nick Callender adjust and how they game plan to take away Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat. That, to me, because this is a team that's given up second-most sacks. Cody Fajardo was getting killed. I think they have to go to a double tight. they got to spread that out, and hopefully they'll be able to do something. William Stanback has not played William Stanback-type football yet. I know that um, on my depth chart, I got I got Wally, I got uh, what's my called Walter Fletcher back in the lineup. Yeah, you don't have him there. Yep, he's lined up at uh, where is he? Oh, not. No, you're right. Fletcher Fletcher is injured right now. Is he? Because okay, I just read a thing that they're addressing him today uh, against uh, the, the fact game. that okay. And again, it shows you. I took this off. I took this out of Montreal's um, website yesterday. Yeah, I was. I was thinking of Chandler Worthy. Yes, Chandler yeah. Worthy's. He's lined up. Can... The, he's the kick returner. Uh, yeah. He's lining up at receiver as a as a backup receiver. But it will be William Stamback and Jeshurun Antry uh, at tailback for the Alouettes. Well, that, and, that, and that's good. I mean, I like. I tell you what, I like Walter Fletcher when he plays. He's pretty good. I mean, they had mm-hmm. one two attack with those guys, but I think William Stanback's due for a breakout game. So the Bombers' defense in the middle, 
are going to have to have a big game because they don't really run off tackle. Montreal runs between the tackles, you know, majority of their plays. So, well, you know what, uh, Chris? Ten- What's that? I got to fix this. This is the wrong depth chart for Montreal. That's embarrassing. Yeah, I know, Here is man. the Montreal Alouettes depth chart. And where's Fletcher Hay? Against IG. Wallby. Wallby, you, Wallby, what do you, Well, what do you know? There he is. Yeah, there he is. Walter, Walter Fletcher, Fletcher at tailback. Chandler Worthy starting at receiver. I knew something was off there. You know what? I got to, you know what? You, you, for a guy that's so precise, this is my first. Hey, it's that too might early be your in the morning. Blip. I'm drinking my that's coffee here. My blip, eyes are puffy. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Walby. I'm going to put it on the chalkboard. Walby one, DB zero right yep, now. Yep, okay. And that's the way it'll, it'll stay. Um, Austin <laughs> Mack is, he's been outstanding in his rookie year, Chris. Uh, oh, yeah. we, we had somebody ask, I wanted to pull up this comment. Um, you know, haven't seen much, uh, of this Austin Mack kid. Uh, I'm thinking that Patrolman Pete, who's watching live on YouTube, what's going on, Pete? Good to see you in the live chat. Good to see everybody in the live chat this morning. Welcome. Um, be sure to hit that thumbs up. Don't forget. Uh, Pete hasn't seen much of this Austin Mack kid on the whole in the CFL. We've seen a lot of this Austin Mack kid. He is dang good. Which defensive back asks Pete? We'll be covering Austin Mack tonight. It will likely be Demario Houston getting the bulk of that work, but they will move Mack around. Could see Winston Rose on the other side. Could see one of the halfbacks, either Evan Holm or Dietrich Nichols. My feeling is they're going, they're, they're not going to want to have their number one receiver against Dietrich Nichols, the human tarp uh, that covers everything. I I think they're going to try to uh, sway away from shy away from from that matchup but but mac has been dang good this year and uh you know what let's do it here is head coach mike o'shea on austin mac uh he seems to always be open (laughs) you know there's something about him i don't know how fast he'd be you know like i've never looked him up to see what his times would be but He's got to be a precise route runner and obviously good hands, good physical stature, right? He's not huge, but he's not small by any means. And just seems to be got the great connection with, uh, with their quarterbacks. It's been interesting to see um, Austin Mack elevate to star yep. status as a rookie in 2023. The same way Dalton Schoen did it, in 2022, what a find for the Alouettes in Austin Mack. And I, I think you hit it on the head. I think they're going to move him around. I would not line him up in one spot and keep him there all day. I'd move him around. He's too talented to put in, you know, like that. I mean, he leads the league in, in receiving yards. He's got 13 second down uh, conversions. The biggest one, though, he's got eight catches over 30-plus yards. Uh, he's, a, he's a deep threat. And then the other guy that's getting a lot of recognition now, is is Tyler Sneed. Uh, two touchdowns last week. The guy has five touchdowns. Again, he's got 12 second down. And they, he's another new kid. Uh, this Tyler Sneed kid, he's he's really coming to his own at that slot back position. So they've got some guys. The same thing as they got on the other side. If you go to the other side of the depth chart there, DB, you got a guy named Tyson Philpot who did not play last time they played. And this kid is a game breaker. We watched him on returns. He returns a lot of things. So 
And then you can't forget about number one, Herji Mayala. So they've got some depth in there. They've got some talent there. So oh, yeah. to me, it's going to come down to that old line being able to give time to Cody Fajardo. And if they get in his face and they rattle him, I, I just think it's not going to be a good game for Montreal. But um, we know Winnipeg's run defense has been suspect a little bit this year, Chris. Yeah, you look yeah. at Walter Fletcher, William Stanback, Jeshurun Antwi is kind of, uh, you know, a change of pace late in the game. Uh, that is a three-headed monster, probably yes. highlighted by these two in particular, and Fletcher Absolutely. and Stanback, a two-headed beast that is really hard to contain. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, they haven't had these guys in the same backfield for a while. I think only one or two games earlier. So they're looking forward to having Walter Fletcher back there with Stanback to offset each other. Two different kind of runners. Walter Fletcher is a scat back, what I call a guy who can break a tackle and take off, where you got – you know, then you got what's we call William Stanback, who's a power back. He'll run you over. So there's they're definitely as you as you bring up the bomber depth chart there, big game's gonna have to have from Biggie, Will, Wilson, Thomas, and especially those guys in the middle. I really think Thomas, Jake Thomas, and Ricky Walker at the defensive tackles are gonna have to have big games, get some push, close those lanes, and it's gonna be a gap control game. Make sure you're in a proper gap, don't get washed out and allow any kind of seam because they can take it the other way. It's really been interesting watching the the Blue Bombers defensive line in particular this year, Chris, because in recent history, the most recent couple seasons, they have dressed seven, eight defensive linemen. Now they go with six pretty consistently with uh, Lawson, um, the the former Montreal Alouette, second year bomber, third year CFLer, uh, and Jack, or, and pardon me, Anthony Bennett, the Blue Bombers first round draft pick this past year. Uh, as the reserves. So why do you think they are going to less guys when they have a Miles Fox, when they have, um, you know, a, another player or two on the practice roster that they could activate for a little bit more depth, a little bit more rotation to be fresh? You know, and that's the biggest thing, but I think you need your linebackers to be fresh. I know that they got uh, uh, Sean Goche back, uh, Shane Goche, excuse me. I mean, he's he's a special team demon, but he's also got to can fill in everywhere. So I just think that they, they're they're confident, they're comfortable with having the rotation of Lawson and Bennett coming in and, and, and periodically spelling off those defensive ends or tackles. Um, but again, it's going to be a really a, an interesting game plan. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing tonight what Jason Moss and that offense does to negate the rush of Jefferson and Jeff Coat, uh, because I think those two ends. They're still, to my, in my opinion, two of the best in the league. Willie Jefferson having a freaky year again. And I hear people going, Willie doesn't have any stats. Willie didn't get a stat last week. You know, he had two pass knockdowns. I mean, he leads the league in pass knockdowns. People got to, you know what? It's not always about, and, and I think I have to agree with Coach O'Shea when he goes, people look at stats like sacks as, a, as an indicator of how well you're playing. It's, they used to have a stat. They don't do it anymore, but it used to be pressures. Yep. And I guarantee he was in there. And I mean, Willie's the kind of guy, and Jackson, Jeff Coat as well. They'll fake rush and drop back and take away that short outside pass. You've seen Willie do it time and time again, knocking passes down, interception. You know, both of those guys have interceptions. So, I mean, that's the game plan. But to me, can Landon Rice, I'm more looking at him, uh, can he handle Willie Jefferson? That I don't know if anybody going- can handle Willie Jefferson. And and this is something that's been kind of stuck in this is something that's been kind of stuck in my craw this week, Chris. 
Uh, as we enter CFL Week 12 in a 21-week season, this is the official second half of 2023. Yes. And the the um, CFL.ca came out with their all of their writers put together their mid-season award winners. Yeah, and I saw big, that. big credit to my friend and colleague, Christina Constable, the only CFL.ca writer who mentioned Willie Jefferson in most outstanding defensive player. She mentioned that, uh, you know, she considered him, but a lot of these writers ended up going with uh, Matthew Betts because he's got the sack numbers. If you watch how defense or sorry, how offenses game plan around Willie Jefferson. And despite that, the way he's able to get up into the pocket, the pressures, the the sacks, all of that, tackles for loss, great. But the way that he is able to knock balls down, the way that he is able to track quarterbacks, the way that he is able to draw an offense's attention to one side to allow Jackson Jeffcoat to eat, to allow Jake Thomas, who has three sacks in his last handful of games, allow him to eat and get to the quarterback. I don't know how you look past Willie Jefferson as the most impactful player in the league, how in good gracious's name do you leave him off of a midseason most outstanding defensive player ballot? It's it it's absolutely maddening to me, and I'm sure many others that that watch the Blue Bombers closely. He is that good. He should be in yeah. an MOP conversation, let alone most outstanding defensive player. Yeah, I agree with you. And there's another guy too that. Uh, uh, Micah Awe, I, I, he's having a great year, and he's not even in that consideration. Lots I think tackles, sometimes man. we get, you know, he leads the league. I mean, he's, he's he's all over, and I like that. To me, that's he, he's very much reminiscent of Adam Big Hill, mm-hmm. always around the football. Uh, Adam, who's still Big Hill, still leads uh, the Bombers in tackles. He still makes plays. Uh, the guy, I mean, he just he he's a uh, he's a warrior out there. That's what I, I can only give him that thing because he's tough as nails. And he will just nail you. I mean, I've watched him come on blitzes. He just kills the quarterback. He loves to jump on short yardage all the time. Likes to jump over the pile. I just think these guys are good. But I will say this, that's your point. And I agree with you on everything you said about Willie Jefferson. And I don't know these voters sometimes. You know, they used to say that voting for the old line was the hardest thing because they'd have to go to the coaches. But when you see what he's done, when, he, when, when a guy is leading the league in pass knockdowns in a DB-orientated stat, and when he's still got eight sacks and he's still got a bunch of tackles and then the pressures, if I put the pressures on there, he should blow them every, blow everybody away. But yeah, you're right. Uh, t- these people have to look past certain things. And uh, it's like, if I look on the other side, uh, remember we talked about this. Oh, I think in game three, we were saying, where is Sean lemon, the lemonator going to end up? Mm-hmm. You know, here's a guy that was the Western division for most outstanding defensive player. Couldn't get a sniff. You know, he went to BC. They cut him when they went with the younger guys. And I, and I'm watching this guy now, and he's been back for, what, three or four games. He's got a sack in each one of his games. He's got a forced fumble. He's got an interception. He is still a very, very impactful football player. Yeah. So let's not forget about Sean Lemon on that outside there. And I like the other kid playing opposite him in Jamal Davis II. I mean, I think these guys are – they got a good defense, boys. I'm telling you. I, I know that Montreal used to be, uh, <clears throat> you know, not really one of the class of the leagues ever since um, my buddy Calvillo left because that when he was quarterback, Montreal was in, I mean, they were in, what, three or four or five great cups in a row? 
Um, I just want to see what they do. I, I love this game because I think people are expecting the Bombers to just go haywire on Montreal. But as you said, Montreal came into our town last year and beat us. Mm-hmm. Albeit with a different crew, but still. You've got Cody Vajardo, who's had up and down games against the Bombers. If you don't get to Cody and let him get comfortable, he throws the ball as well as anybody, and he gets confident. As he said, this is sprinkle Jesus, and he throws the ball down the field. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Winnipeg's defense versus Montreal's offense will be interesting to watch, but intriguing to me more is – Montreal's defense against Zach Kolaris, Brady Oliveira, yes. Kenny Lawler, Sean Dembski. We, we, we know the, the usual suspects. Now, yeah. while those areas will be, you know, talked about maybe the most, uh, something that has definitely caught the attention of Blue Bomber Nation as of late, Chris, is the special teams play. You mentioned yeah. Sergio Castillo. He has been very good. No. Jam Sheehan, the punt game, the punt cover game, the kick cover game, maybe hasn't been as good as it has in, in years past um, yeah. or, or uh, even in, in recent memory. Uh, no update on Janarian Grant uh, when he might be able to return. He is on the six game injured list and, you know, the, the Blue Bombers have their way of, of handling injuries. Um, but Comet brings up the elephant in the room. Need the goat. Mike Miller back, says Comet, watching live on YouTube. What's going on, Comet? Great to see you. Great to see everybody. Hit that thumbs up if you're just joining us here uh, on Game Day Winnipeg. Um, I want to uh, bring in head coach Mike O'Shea, who was asked about Mike Miller's uh, injury recovery status and, and, you know, uh, the impact of not having him in the lineup. Any update at all with uh, Mike Miller? No, No update. How, how much do you guys miss him on uh, special? Yeah, I mean, he's the best ever, <laughs> right? So when you're dealing with the best ever, you know, they are missed. There's something about the way he plays and the confidence he brings to the group. You know, he's going to make a tackle when you need it. You know, he's going to knock somebody down when you need it. And, um, yeah, but guys have, guys have picked up the slack pretty damn good right it's just there's something about his quiet confidence and the way he gets the job done on the field that people feed off of Miller brings more than just the most special teams tackles in Canadian football history passing the president and CEO Wade Miller passing Jason Araki of the BC Lions who was the previous special teams tackle leader all time Miller brings leadership grit and I think you can speak to this Chris when you're playing next to a guy that you know is going to put everything on the line he's going to scrap and fight and get his nose bloody and get the job done that elevates everyone else's game around them I I agree 100% it does elevate the game but the other thing I think that uh, uh, Mike Miller gives you is directional directional and I mean by this is making sure guys are in the right spot He's a leader. He understands it. He, that's his role. He's the killer. Miller, they call him Miller the killer. Yeah, you're right. Listen, he's the GOAT, greatest of all time. But I think, as you say, yeah, he raises everybody else's level of play, but he also makes sure people are in the right spot. 
where we're talking punt protection, where we're talking about punt, you know, cover, kickoff cover, kickoff return. You know what I mean? He makes sure well, and everybody's blocking there. punts, right? That that was kind blocking of a punts. Now you look at yeah, I don't. I, 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 I well, I'll stretch and say this: if there's a Mike Miller in the in that second or in that punt protection, I don't think Shamison gets or Jamison gets his uh, his punt blocked. But again, you never know, right? And that's ifs and buts and candies and nuts. My biggest thing is, I I watched the returner for Calgary last week, Tommy, Tommy Lee Lewis, a little water bug. Man, can that guy scat? I mean, he can run, brother. I mean, average. You know what he had? 183 yards on punt returns. He had he had 300 yards total in mm-hmm. returns. You can't have that happen. Yeah. That and the block punt was a real blemish on the special teams play last week. Well, that was uh, yes. another area I think Winnipeg was fortunate, right? That Tommy yes. Lee yeah. Lewis wasn't able to break one to the house because oh, yeah. that would have won the yeah. game. Well, he was giving them excellent field position. They just, you know, the, again, they got to give credit to Bomber defense because they held, uh, you know, the Stampeders out of the end zone. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, now everybody's saying, well, Fernay would have kicked those two field goals. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, if that kid would have caught the football, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a million things you can go through, right? Ifs and buts, but. I think this, we got it. We squeaked the win out. I think Drew Brown played well. I don't think he played great. I think people sometimes have these expectations because of what he did the first game. Sure. That he's going to come up and light it up. And I, he was brought down to reality. And I said the same thing. You don't give a guy all-star status after one game. You got to earn it. It takes over time. Uh, yeah. And maybe he got a little dull on that shine, but I still think he did whatever he had to do to help win that football game. You know what I mean? I don't think they would have won that football game had it not been for a couple of Calgary mistakes. But having said that, that's how this league is. That's the CFL, baby. You know what I mean? He who makes, they say it's always controlled by a five plays. A, a, a whole game will come down to five plays. And if you look at that, I could name three right now. And you mentioned three. You mentioned, obviously, the Robertson dropping the, the interception. The the receiver, I think, Hakanavu Vanu dropping the pass. Uh, Renee missing a couple, one field goal for sure he should have made. So, I mean, there's three. Um, but again, that's Calgary. Now we got a different animal. And I think, I think the Alouettes are much more aggressive on defense in Calgary. So I want to see what they bring. They're going to bring, they're going to try and get after Zach. This is why to me it's so cool because you got to watch, you got to keep Zach up. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him. If he gets a good crank, you don't know what's going to happen. And I know Zach's happy. He says he's 100%. He's ready to go. He's ready to get back on the field. But he does not want to get hit. No quarterback wants to get hit. And we still talked about this yesterday. I was with a bunch of guys yesterday after this botching. And everybody to a T said, how the hell was that not a late hit when he got hit in that game? And I said, yeah, you know what? I can't even argue with it. What really when Edmonton, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what really surprised me was they went to the command center and they still didn't think it was a late hit, which – to me, I, I, it was it was mind-boggling. But having said that, that's over. That's water under the bridge. Um, the big thing today will be, and I, I I know I stress this every game, but to me, this really this game really be, will be won in the pit. It's yeah. going to be a pit game. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a warrior against warriors. Uh, you know, I, 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 Stanley and Gray and Konkowski, Newfield, Hardwick, as you talk, they are really going to have their hands full with the deep, with the uh, Montreal defense and opposite side. I think that when you look at, uh, you know, Calendar, Lestage, Lawrence, Maddie, and Rice, the Montreal line, they're going to be, uh, you know, up. So, I mean, this is what you want. I love it as a, old, a former old lineman. I love it 
when it comes down to this, where, you know, you know that you are going to be such a huge factor. And you know what? It's funny. You highlighted Armando Sewell. They're on him going, hey, Armando is still a horse. So only got a sack and he's got a couple tackles. I mean, that guy's a game breaker. He's still yeah. a horse in that middle. And then he's got the University Mustafa of Manitoba Johnson. product. Brock yeah, Luanuk, there's another one from uh, Manitoba, yeah. yeah Going lock. Reserve role. But yeah, I mean, uh, Montreal's defense to me is led by two guys in the middle of the defense. Um, yeah. Reed and Tyrese Bevret. Yeah. And Tyrese Bevret has played the dime. He has played safety. Uh, he can play kind of everywhere. He's a weak side linebacker. Reminds me a lot of um, uh, Kyrie, um, Kyrie's Hebert. Yeah. Right? Well, of course, with Winnipeg, with Montreal in, in his playing day. Big, fast, physical, talented. Uh, you know, I, I'm surprised this guy isn't isn't in the NFL, you know, for, for whatever reason he's not. Yeah. But and the play back. of him and Reed, you know, yeah. Bev Red in the box, Reed in the box and dropping into coverage as that dime backer, that hybrid yeah. uh, defensive back, that allows so much to happen at the line of scrimmage with the veterans, Lemon and Johnson and Sewell. And you mentioned, oh, and Davis, of course, you, or, or Ellis, sorry. Um, the veteran uh, Davis, yep. you mentioned, who's, who's just been very, very good this year. Montreal's defense can bring so many different looks and so many different things. If you yep. thought Calgary's defense was a challenge for Winnipeg, Drew Brown, Zach Kolaris, whichever, last week, just wait till you see this Montreal Alouettes defense. The, uh, you know, the, the Ottawa Red Blacks did a pretty good job against Montreal, but when Montreal needed a stop, they got a yeah. stop and they allowed their young quarterback, Caleb Evans. Yeah. He was fortunate at, you know, uh, getting a penalty in the, in the end zone when he needed it to get another chance to win. But Montreal's defense came to play and they've been showing it week in and week out that they're a unit to be reckoned with. I'll say this about Montreal. They have a good defense. I like Mark DeCoy at center too, or at the safety, but Ottawa ran the ball. They just ran the ball right down Montreal's gut. I mean, they just went after it. And obviously, you know, you got Crum, who's the quarterback who likes to take off with the ball. But I thought they ran the ball extremely well. A lot of yards. Uh, they gave up, I think, what, 173 yards rushing to Ottawa. Uh, so to me. They got exposed man, a little bit. Well. Yep. Huh? They got exposed a little bit. I tweeted that during the game. They got exposed game. a little bit. And I think yep. that, that bids really well for the Bombers who love to establish the run early. Uh, Brady could have a big night. They need to have Brady have a big night. There's no doubt about it. If we can't run the ball on these guys, it's going to be tough. That, that leads into, up. you know, our keys to the game is I know you got to get to your charity event very, very soon Chris, out in yeah, Selkirk, golf. but uh, first golf game in two I'll years. let you, of course, you're the man. I'll let you give your three keys to the game. But when we're talking about Brady Oliveira, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll leave my key to the game to okay. the end. We'll see if you get it, if you cover it or not. I'm not even going to talk about him, but I, I'm going to say this. My number one thing, protect Zach. There's a guy coming back from an injury. He had a little bit of a neck injury. You don't want to make sure he takes no big hits. And then again, second down conversion. And the reason it is, is over the last 14 games, teams with the highest second down conversion have won 12 of the 14 games. So uh, that's a huge thing for me. And you got to have a snap count. Mix that snap count up. I know I said it last time, but you got to get these guys offside a few times. Uh, you're going to have the crowd up behind you. Defense, you got to keep pressure on uh, Fajardo. Don't let him spin. He loves to spin around. 
he's like a ballet dancer's back there. So you know what? You got to take off his dancing shoes and put him on the ground. And then special teams, field position, and you can't give up those big returns. You got to play smart, get the game going the way you want it, give your offense an opportunity. So, I mean, you look at Montreal. I mean, what did I say here? Montreal, number one against the pass. Uh, they're also number one against uh, the uh, second down conversion, and the Bombers are first on second down conversion. So, again, another interesting little stat to throw out there for you idiots. <laughs> Would you call? I don't this? mean idiots. I mean <laughs> for for those that uh, are, aren't uh, initiated like the rest of us. This is how sixty three shows his love. If he calls you an idiot, it means he loves you. That's right, man. I know I that do. for a fact. I'm not even playing. Um, no. I'll add to that, Chris. The okay. key to me, and, and I loved how you mentioned protecting Zach Kolaris. That's obviously MO number one throughout any game for the Blue Bombers. But yep. while the run game will be important, and I think it's important for Winnipeg to have that against Montreal, where they've shown a little bit of susceptibility there. Yeah. It's to ensure the Blue Bombers have a lead late in the game. And I know that sounds, it, it could sound obvious, but the reason I say that is Montreal plays pressure defense yes. and critical timing defense better than anybody in the league. When they need a stop, More. they get a stop. So if Winnipeg is behind late, it will be an increased challenge for them to mount a comeback. So when I talk about the run game being important, I mean, late in the game to have Brady Oliveira and the run game as a whole chew up the clock, drain the life force from their opponent and hang on to a lead to victory. I think that's going to be so important. Let's not look past maybe the biggest factor in this game, not the weather, but the 32,000 plus fans in the stands. You're getting 30,000 plus and at a throat level unmatched in the CFL, nobody... Nobody has a, a barn like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do. The Madhouse on Matheson will yeah. rock tonight. I love when they go like this. And that's another first down, and the yeah, fans go crazy. Bob McGregor. <laughs> I love it, man. No, I think it'll be a great game. Uh, you know, usually we do this the day before, so this is exciting. And I, even though I know I'm golfing, I just told the guys, listen, no matter what happens, man, I'm going to watch this game. I got to watch it. I'm, I'm really excited to see. And you mentioned the, the Montreal defense. Think about this. Noel Thorpe has been around the league a long time. He's the defense coordinator for Montreal. He's going to throw every wrinkle he knows at the bomber offense. He's been around the block a few times. So you got veteran coordinators, veteran on both sides. Uh, we haven't even talked about Richie Hall for the longest time. Uh, he's kind of just quieted down, but he just keeps getting the guys to play the way they want to play. But, yeah, Bomber's going to have a challenge. I tell you what, look out. It's the pits. It's going to be one in the pits, boys. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a great one. So, hey, thanks, everybody, for joining us on the pregame show. Yeah. Uh, and be sure to join us on game day after dark. Schnitzi will join me. Full postgame coverage, as we <laughs> always do here on Bonfire Sports. Pregame, postgame, midweek, every single game. Uh, we got you covered. And uh, well, final word to you, my friend, as we always do. And I'll say, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Have fun out on the course today. Yeah, I'm going to talk about this. Look at this. Oh, here it is. This is what it is about, fellas. Look at that. CFL ball signed by a couple of the legends. Willie Jefferson, 
Zach Caleros, Adam Big Hill, and of course, I got the beautiful signature, Brady Oliveira. You know, this is going for a charity auction on the Silver Golf Course. Well worth it, well worth it. Have a great one, Chris. Enjoy, my friend, and uh, right. we'll see you next time. Absolutely, brother. Have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy it. Enjoy this weather. It's beautiful. Cheers. Cheers, buddy.